Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning. All right. My name is Merle Shank. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Newport. And it is an honor and a privilege to stand uh, this morning and be able to deliver the word that I felt like the Lord has given to me for us. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in this place. And we just invite you to move as you will. We invite you to move in a mighty way, in a powerful way. Father, we pray for God that just as we are speaking and faith is stirring, that uh, ailments would be healed, Father, that... Uh, uh, Father, oppression would be broken, that chains would be broken. Father, that heavy weights would fall off people's lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you uh, love encountering your people. And we are gathered here, Father, in this moment to honor you, to raise your name on high, and to hear your heart. And so we welcome you in this place, Lord Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this morning, um, you know, just as we've been fasting, one of the things that we've been fasting for is revival. And so I want to aim this morning for personal revival. What does personal revival look like? Because a lot of times, you know, uh, regional revival or church-wide revival starts because of personal revival. Amen? And I don't know about you, but there's times where... Uh, you know, I've, where, where I've felt uh, in my own life of just being like, Lord, I need more of your presence. I need more of you. I, you, know, uh, you know, they say that sometimes, you know, children can go through like a separation anxiety, you know. And there's been times where I've recognized like for myself, like God, there's times I've, I, I recognize an anxiety, a separation anxiety from your presence. Lord, it's just been too long since I've encountered you. And one of the things that I love about fasting is it becomes a conduit for personal revival. Yeah? It becomes a conduit. It becomes a way that we can encounter personal revival. Now, how do we measure personal revival? I wrote down three things that I feel uh, kind of like three measures of personal revival. Number one is uh, how do we know when personal revival is happening is that there is a reordering and a proper prioritizing in our personal lives. So we come back to a place of saying like, okay, I, I, I'm, I am pursuing those things which God has asked me to pursue. I'm pursuing those things that God has set as a compass in my heart or in my life. And sometimes we can, I don't know about you, but like priorities can just get out of whack, you know, and, and you know, we wind up just going with the flow and being blown around and, and then, yeah, <laughs> all right. Anyone else feel that way? Sometimes, occasionally, I mean, you don't have to feel it now, but occasionally, you know. Like, all right. Yeah, so one of the things that fasting, is, fasting does, and I think Brian alluded to this when he, we spoke two weeks ago, is that it helps to reor reorganize and reprioritize our lives. The second thing for personal revival is experiencing a closer walk with the Lord. So how do you know if you're experiencing personal revival? You're experiencing a closer walk with the Lord, including personal encounters with God, a detailed revelation from God's word where the Holy Spirit shows you specifically how the word of God can apply to a certain situation in your life. So it's, it's not that you're having a private, uh, a, uh, like a private interpretation of, Bible, of the Bible. No, it's where the Holy Spirit says, hey, this eternal truth apply, actually applies to this area of your life. And that can come in quiet time. It can come as you're driving down the road, you know. However, uh, you know, just encountering the presence of the Lord. So that's another way to measure 
personal revival, all right? Because this is one thing that we're going for in this fast, amen? We are going for personal revival. Tell your neighbors, say, we're going for personal revival. Yes. All right, and the third way to measure personal revival is to observe evidence of God's work around us in responses to our initiative or to our acts of obedience or to our acts of faith. So we see God begin to do something. So, you know, the, the, the first part of these three things is, is more of an internal work or an internal encounter, a quiet encounter with the Lord. But af- after that begins to happen, we see it begin to bubble over. And people, you know, maybe we, you share the gospel in a way that you never have before. Or you have an encounter with a coworker, and you're able to encourage them and pray with them. And it's like... I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's times where uh, you, you can start and you're starting just because you decide to start. You know, you start to minister to somebody just because like, well, I know like it's a good idea. I know it's, you know, I, I know that, you know, maybe, maybe this is an open door. So we're just going to start to talk. And, and all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit begins to take over your conversation and you know what to say next. And you, know it's, and you know that it's not you. And it's like scriptures start popping up in your spirit about how to address something in your conversation that, like, you know you could never, like, remember on your own. You hear what I'm saying? Like, and, and that happen, has happened a lot with me. And, and people are like, man, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there, there's been times where, like, you just, you know, they're, they're okay, so occasionally, like, I'll, I'll get a, Something that happens where, like, I'll get, like, just a scripture verse, and I have no clue what it says. You know, like, just, like, a reference, okay? Like, oh, maybe I should look that up. And I look at it, wow, that, like, that really applies, like, to this meeting, or that really applies to what God's doing, like, you know? And, and uh, there's been times where people are like, well, it's quite easy to, like, Google and search, you know, uh, you know a, a topical index of, how to deal with this issue and get a scripture, you know, but I know inside my heart that, like, I know how I got it, and I know that I'm not that good, <laughs> you know, like, but there, there's just, and, and so there's things where the Lord just begins to speak to you and speak through you and minister to other people's lives, and that's a way to observe personal revival, amen, and so, and church-wide revival and regional revival starts to happen when we all start encountering things like that. Yeah? So one of the things we're aiming for with this fast is personal revival. Hallelujah. All right. One of the things that I love about fasting is that there's nothing like getting hungry as a constant reminder to pray. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, oh, man, that smells good. Okay, it's time to pray. You know, like, man, you know, or, or, you know, the results of a fast is like, oh, I'm feeling weak. It's time to pray. You know, or, oh, I'm feeling tired. It's time to pray. Like, there's, and it's just this constant reminder to pray. And that's one of the things that, that I love about fasting is that, you know, whether it's hunger or being tired or whatever, there's this reminder to pray. And even when, like, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when, you're, when, when you haven't eaten a lot or whatever, you, you can almost get like this cloudy thought process, you know, like there's just not a lot of clarity, you know. And, and that's when I pray in tongues, you know, like that's when, that's when you pray in tongues because you don't know what to pray 
all the time. You don't know how to, you don't know what to say. And there's, there's value in just taking time to take that moment and to pray in tongues. And just be like, God, I don't know what you want to do, but have your way. And just activate your prayer language, your personal prayer language, which I believe that all, all of us can have. We'll talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit a little bit later. But, you know, uh, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything that he has to offer. Amen. Um, and so James 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And it goes on in verse 8 there. But, you know, fasting is one of the ways that we can literally submit ourselves to God. Where we're saying, God, I am laying down the desires of my own flesh. I'm laying down the desires that normally kind of put the rhythm to my day. You know, like, wake up, grab a cup of coffee, eat some breakfast, go to work, break time cup of coffee or tea or whatever, you know, lunchtime, you know, kind of put, builds in a rhythm to your day. Like, Lord, I am laying that down to just walk with you and to take moments of uh, aimed, aiming my faith to encounter you in prayer. And so um, that's one of the ways that we can, fasting is one of the ways that, can submit, that we can submit to God. And, you know, that intentional submission of our body and our desires throughout the course of the day you know, that causes uh, a, a place of just walking with more of a, 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 an awareness of his presence. How many of you know that God is always with you, whether you feel like he's there or not, right? But there is times, there is moments that he might be doing something new or might be doing something different and, and you're able to observe it. There's like, man, I just feel close to the Lord or... And, and so uh, there's nothing like, like prayer and fasting that brings, that allows that to happen because what happens is our awareness of him grows. And as our awareness of him grows, our faith also grows. So our faith is then uh, like prodded or primed for God to do good things, God to be able to break into our moments uh, in the day and do amazing things. And, you know, this, this whole thing of submitting to God, maybe perhaps that's why Jesus was talking to the disciples one time, and he, and, and he said, you know, that kind of demon only comes out in prayer because of prayer and fasting. There's a certain place where submission of our lives to the Lord, just as in James it talks about, you know, resisting the devil, uh, submitting to God and resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, so if you, you know, fasting also helps in that spiritual warfare. If you feel like there's an onslaught against your life, one of the things that fasting does is it helps garnish your faith. It helps build your faith. Uh, it helps to, to prior, uh, prioritize things and set things in order so that we can then draw near to God. The Bible says there in James, in verse 8, uh, James 4, draw near to God and, draw, and he will draw near to you. Amen. That's the end of the, that's Fasting is a way of drawing near to God. God, I'm, I'm drawing near to you. I'm, I'm setting my heart to seek your face. And the, the powerful thing about uh, setting our hearts to seek God's face is Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me. And this is a promise for every believer. No matter how spiritual or unspiritual you feel, it doesn't matter. This is a promise for you and I that when you will, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Yeah? And that's part of also what fasting does. It's saying, I'm, Lord, I'm, 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 
I'm putting aside distractions. I'm putting aside other priorities, and I'm seeking you with all my heart. I'm seeking you with all my heart. Fasting helps us draw near to the presence of the Lord, okay? Uh, and it's a way of searching for him with all of our hearts. And, you know, just, just in case you're sitting here and you're like, you know, I hear you talk about those, those measures of personal revival, and none of them are happening <laughs> in my life, Okay? That's okay. Tell your neighbor to say, it's okay. <laughs> All right, it's okay. Uh, one of the words that I felt like the Lord gave me for 2018 was uh, out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And this is what it says. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. So God is working in such a way as to make things beautiful in your life. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in, in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to the end. Okay? So there is, there is things that God are, is doing, and, and, and you can sense it. You can, you can sense kind of these rumblings, this shifting, these things that are happening. There's things that God is doing this year, but we can't observe it yet. We'll see it in the future but it's, it's like there's things where God is working behind the scenes. So if you don't yet feel like you're having an encounter of personal revival in your life, or if you don't yet feel like, you know, you're walking as close to the Lord as you desire, there, you know, take heart. Take heart because not everything that God is doing in your life you, you know about. <laughs> Amen? They're, they're, they're not everything that God is doing, you know about. In fact, most of the things that come later on as a surprise is like, oh my goodness, I, I can only see it in retrospect. And so take heart. If you're in a fast or if, you're, you, know, if, if you had taken some time to fast, you're like, I, didn't, I, didn't, you know, I don't know if it did anything or not. Wait. Just wait. Pause and wait on the Lord. Amen. Okay. All right. So. God, many times, uh, he works in ways, there's a song, you know, he works in ways we cannot see. I don't know if, if this is the scripture that they get the song from, I don't know. But, like, he, he works in hidden ways before he works in visible ways. So there's, there's you know, like, I, I think about uh, the lady with the issue of blood and how, how she is, is, you know, in her heart, she encounters this hunger and the, this, this desire, and this thought occurs to her that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. I believe that that thought was from the Lord. She maybe didn't realize it was from the Lord. Some of the thoughts that you and I think during the day, you know, they're thoughts that are from the Lord. We might not realize it, but it's there. And God, what, is, what he's doing is he's priming us, he's helping to position us for what he wants to do that becomes visible. All right? Um, yeah, so God will work internally. We can sense it. We can hunger for it. And that's how you know, by the way, if you're hungry for something. You know, there, there was a time in my life I was like, man, I, just, I don't see what I want to see, what I'm, what I'm longing for. I don't see what I'm hungry for. God, I, I'm hunger for, hungry for you to move. I'm frustrated. You know, like the last month of pregnancy is... Well, usually the most frustrating month, you know, of pregnancy is like right before the baby comes and, and right before the baby's out, you know, that's like, you know, hearing my wife having gone through it five times, like, it's like, man, I just want this to be over. Like, come on, like, let's get on with it. And, so, and many times in our lives, there's things like that that happen where we can come to this time of like pressure, 
and frustration and pressure is building, and, but we, can't, we don't quite know what's happening. We don't quite know, you know what is going to happen. We don't quite know where it's going. And it, it can almost be like this frustration, this drive, and you're hungry for something, but you don't know what you're hungry for. You want something to happen, but you don't know what you want to happen. Anybody ever been there? Okay, all right. Great. You know, so that is a birthing process that God is doing in your life. So take heart. And, and what, whatever you do in that moment, don't abort. Like, don't. I, I've seen people come to that moment and then they throw like all the cards in the air and they're like, okay, I wanna, I'm going to just go do something different with life. And they walk away right before like a breakthrough or right before God's going to do something. All right? So I want to encourage you. To, to, to settle, you know, if, if you're going through a time like that, settle your heart on the Lord. Go back to what God has spoken to you. It's great to have prophetic words, and it's great to have prophetic encouragement. That's all good. But what are words, what are the anchor words for the season of your life? What are the, you know, what are the words that God has spoken to you? And it might, it might even be a year ago, two years ago. There, there was something that's like an anchor word. And, and maybe prophetic words or whatever or encouragement has, has uh, uh, encouraged that and added to that. But what are those anchor words? And go back to the word of the Lord where God was speaking to you and setting a direction, setting a course in your life. And don't, don't, uh, don't throw that away in a time of pressure. Okay? All right. So this year, there are things that God is doing that we can see. But I suspect that there, you know, Steve Backlund said, have you ever met Jehovah Sneaky? You know, like, all right, I suspect, you know, that there is a lot of things that God is doing that we don't yet see. And we can't yet define. We can't yet frame with our own intellect or with our own words. All right, and he'll let us know at the right time. He'll let us know, all right. But God is busy uh, positioning you, he's positioning us as a church body. He's busy doing a mighty work and positioning us for what uh, he desires to see happen in this next season of our lives. Amen. All right. So in that in that process, don't like don't just jump ship out of the, you know like don't don't bail out out of that process. Stay the course. Tell your neighbors to stay the course. All right. A lot of times, what it, you know, what's the saying that the, the darkest hour is right before dawn? I've been hunting right before dawn. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's the coldest hour, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, you know. But but so so, just you know, set your face, set your heart to continue with what you know the Lord has given you. Don't doubt. What is that? Don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken to you in the light. All right, all right. so uh, Steve Backlund was here. How many of you enjoyed Steve Backlund coming? Man, I did. That was awesome. Yeah, I loved his message about hope, his message about joy. And one of the things that he talked about, you know, in talking about hope uh, is that, um, one of, sorry, one of the things that was really highlighted to me, one of the things I, I love that he said was, you know, the person with the most hope is the person with the most influence. Yeah, that was, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to... The first, like, three times I use that in preaching, I'll give him credit. And then after that, like, the Lord does mighty wonders, you know? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but, like, um, 
in, in talking about hope, one of the things that I love about hope is that it helps us value moments. It helps us value moments. You see, we have to understand that not every moment is the same. And hopelessness will cause us to devalue moments. Like, oh, I'm just here at church. <sighs> you know, or, oh, I'm going to home cell again or small group again. <sighs> you know, hopelessness causes us to devalue moments. One thing that hope does is it causes us to place value on moments and say, hey, this is a moment that God can do something. I don't know what he wants to do. It's, it's not by my faith or by my will, but I can value and recognize that this is a moment that God can do mighty things. And guess what? Because I'm his child, because he loves me, he's taking me along. Amen? All right? He's taking me along. So we recognize that um, we, need, we as believers, I believe we need to become good at recognizing the moments that things can happen. And then have faith in those moments. Like a corporate gathering like this. Man, things can happen. Things can happen here. Like we, we, we need to have this joyful expectation and say, hey, I don't know what God can do. I, I, I don't know what he's going to do. But it can happen. Because we're here together. We're gathering in his name. He is in our midst. And we can value moments. And, and I want to encourage you to value moments, to look for moments to value. Look for moments in times, you know, with you, you know, if you're married, you, or you, you and your spouse. Look for, for moments to value. Say, hey, you know, something can happen in this moment that can't happen in any other moment. Something can happen in this time that can't happen in any other time. When you're together with your friends, you know, something can happen that probably would not happen at any other time. And value mo hope allows us to value moments. In Cape Town, I learned to surf. I was never very good at it, okay, but I could, like, get up on a board, okay, all right. Uh, I grew up skiing, so the whole sideways thing is still awkward for me. But uh, So I learned to surf, and surfing is all about like recognizing moments that things can happen and doing the right thing in the right moment. Because, you know, first of all, to get out, you have to wait for the sets of waves and sets will come, uh, wave sets will come in like three, fives, and sevens, and then there'll be just like a little bit of a pause and you'll see the waves building, and that's when you swim out. If you try and paddle out to the back of the breakers before then, you will kill yourself. You know, and I wasn't that, you know, some people can paddle boards better than I can. I wasn't that in shape, you know, so it was like, you know, <clears throat> imagine stranded whale <laughs> on a board, huffing and puffing to get out through the waves, okay? All right, but you got you to gotta wait, like, for the right moment to go out, and hopefully you can catch one of those rip currents, you know, the things you don't want to catch when you're s swimming that take you out. Well, when you're surfing, you want to catch one of those because that helps pull you out to get beyond the breakers. Anyway, and so, like, so you, you got to wait for that moment. And then when you're out there and you're watching for waves, you're sitting on your board, you're watching for waves, and as the wave is coming and, and you see, like, hey, it's the second or it's the third wave, you begin to position yourself on the board. You begin to get ready. You are preparing for the moment. It's kind of like preparing for church. <laughs> you're preparing for the moment that, the, that a wave is coming where it's like, hey, I want to be prepared that when this wave gets to me, I already want to be moving in the right direction so that I can be caught by it. 
And so, and it, because if you start paddling, you want to get to a place where you do like three or five good strokes. Boom, 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 boom. Grab your rails, push up, jump up, and stand up on your board. All right? Because if you, if you wait too long, the wave just passes you by. How many of you ever experienced that? If you just wait too long to, to start moving, to prepare, to position yourself, it just kind of like, you just float up over the back of it, you know? All right? However, if you start running too, you know, if you start paddling too far and you're, you're in too far, the wave can crest and pick you up and throw you into your board, which is how I almost got knocked out <laughs> one time. Uh, I, there was a big wave, and I, I just caught it too late, and I didn't stand up in time. And I threw my board away from me, in front of me. Well, the dumb thing is buoyant. <laughs> and so it went into the water and shot back at me as the wave took me into my board. And I cut through my lip and my teeth. And Anyway, survived. <laughs> All right. Got to the beach and almost passed out. Um, you know, so there, it's about recognizing moments and I just want to encourage us that moments in the presence of Jesus are like no other moments there are. Moments in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, are like no other moments that exist. All right, some of the things that happen in the moments uh, that, uh, in you know, when in the presence of Jesus, you know, that's when supernatural things happen. That's when destinies change. That's when lives change and people receive. It's like Matthew, the tax collector. And because he, had, he encountered Jesus in a moment, his life was radically changed. His life was radically changed. And his life's direction, his life's purpose, his life's calling, you know, probably what had, you know, what God had originated from the, uh, ordained from the beginning of what his life's calling and purpose he, finally, it was like in that moment, because of, he met Jesus, it was brought right into that. All right? Mary Magdalene, who was demon-possessed, and she was being tormented by seven demons. She met Jesus, and in a moment, she was free in her life. In a moment. Tell your neighbor, say, a moment. It's the value of a moment. All right? Zacchaeus, you know, the, the little short guy who climbed up in a tree who was a tax collector, you know, his life was changed from a crooked and corrupt politician to someone who was interested in restoration and correction of past wrongs because of a moment, because of an afternoon spent with Jesus, because of an afternoon in God's presence, in Jesus' presence. Bartimaeus, who was blind, and he couldn't work, he couldn't fend for himself, he couldn't feed himself. But because of a moment, because he cried out at the right moment, where he cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he would not shut up. He would not shut up. And everyone's telling him, shh, 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 And then Jesus stops, turns around and says, call him to me. And then everyone's like, oh, <laughs> See, that's what happens if you listen to the crowd. You know, they'll tell you to shut up, and then when, you know, when, like, something like that happens, oh, good job, you know, that's, <laughs> all right, so, you know, public opinion is never a good way to lead your life. Anyway, so, 
You know, but that, he cried out at the right moment, and because of that, his sight was restored. His vision was restored. And I just want to speak to you today. If you're sitting here and you're like, man, I, I, I don't understand what God's doing, and I lack vision for my life, I want to declare to you that it's the presence of the Lord that will bring that back to your life. It will bring that back to your heart. It's the clarity that comes from just anchoring with He is the anchor of our soul. He is the one that gives us life purpose and direction. Bartimaeus was blind, received his sight. The woman with the issue of blood, she had an issue, (laughs) okay? It was an issue of blood, and many of us, you know, myself included, we have our issues. Might be issues of finances, issues of relational stress, issues of, of, you know, medical issues, mental issues, social issues. I don't care what it is, but Jesus He was walking, and the woman with the issue of blood, she said, man, if I can just get with him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I don't need much. I just need him. You know, uh, my friend Kevin Kazimi, he tells a story uh, of a king in, in, you know, we'll just say it's Europe because it's a made-up story, but like, (laughs) but it conveys the point. A king, he says, I want to, I want to bless the people of my kingdom. And so for one day, I'm going to have... I'm going to have uh, all of the people of my kingdom come in, and they can pick one thing out of the palace to take with them. And so he did that, and this old lady walks in, and, and instead of grabbing, you know, a nice gold candlestick and a nice lampstand or whatever, she picks up the king. <laughs> because she knows that when she has the king, she has everything else, you know? And though that's a, a made-up story, that illustrates to us the, the value and the, and the importance of being with the king. The value and the importance of having time in his presence. So the woman with the issue of blood, she was healed because she became desperate enough to not care what people were saying, not care what people were doing, and and was going to push through the crowd, push through resistance in her life in order to make time to be there with Jesus. And she was healed and she was touched. And, And I don't know about you, but I have faith for issues to be healed. I have faith for medical issues to be healed. I have faith for mental issues to be healed, social issues to be healed, physical issues to be healed, issues of pain, issues of financial pressure, issues of relational pressure, issues of lost vision, issues of not knowing where, we're, where you're going, issues of like making decisions you know, for the, the next season of your life, the next, whether it's college or whether it's work or whatever it is. These issues, I believe that the presence of the Lord is the things that brings these issues right. You know, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, or sorry, the Bible says that many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you have Jesus who... He was walking in signs and wonders and miracles, and things were happening, and when people encountered him, lives were changed, radically changed, and and sicknesses were healed. And then he goes to be with the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit because they were waiting on the Lord in Acts 2. They were waiting uh, for the, you know, just until the promise of the Father. They didn't know what they were waiting for, like you and me a lot of times. We don't know what we're waiting for, but we know we're being obedient and just waiting on the Lord, being with the Lord. And let me tell you, your odds go up. Your odds of seeing God do things go up when you're, when you're with him. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you have this kind of fatalist, fatalistic mentality that says, oh, God can do whatever he wants. He can use me if, if, if he wants, but, like, I'm just going to do my thing. Your odds kind of go down a lot. Where was I? Acts 2. 
So they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. And, and as the Holy Spirit filled them, in the next several chapters, you see signs and wonders. The same things that happened when people were encountering Jesus were the same things that began to happen when people were encountering people who were filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And that is happening ever since then. So the same things, the same types of things that people encountered around Jesus are the same types of things that people can encounter around you and around me. Amen? Man, this is personal revival. Let's go for this. Let's go for this. Let's not be fatalistic about it and say, well, like, well if, God wants, if God wants to do it, he can do it. You know? Let's, let's set our hearts, let's set our face to seek the Lord, let's set our face like Flint to be with Jesus and be in his presence and then carry that out. You know, uh, my friend Luke, he, uh, who was running Gateway House of Prayer, he's like, you know, uh, they coined this phrase, from the secret place to every place. I love that because of what, it, you know, there's this place of just walking with the Lord and, and seeing, seeing the same things that happen around the presence of Jesus, around the presence of the first apostles. You know that it wasn't just the apostles that were doing signs and wonders and miracles in the early church. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, it talks about Philip, who was not named as an apostle, who never wrote any scripture. It says that he went and preached to Samaria, and the whole city turned because of the signs and the wonders that were happening, and demons came out of people, and various sicknesses were healed. Amen? All right? You know, some people would, say, would try to say that the power of the Holy Spirit was only poured out in the early church or on the first apostles in order to establish Scripture. And now since we have Scripture, we no longer need, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's just simply not true. Because there's a whole lot of people that we have record of in Scripture that never wrote any Scripture. Who were moving in signs and wonders and miracles. They never wrote any scripture. So how could that be to confirm? Like, yes, we, we believe that scripture is confirmed, but that's not the purpose of, of the Holy Spirit being poured out. All right? And so it hasn't dwindled. Maybe our faith can dwindle, but it hasn't dwindled. And, and actually, that whole ideology, just to, to park here for three seconds, that whole ideology started in the Reformation. And the reason it started in the Reformation was because you had, you, we had these, this Protestant Reformation, which by and large was a good thing, um, but they, ha they had to come up with a reason to say that, like, miracles weren't of God because the Roman Catholic Church still believed in miracles. And so people who were going through the Reformation, they, you know, the saints and popes were still confirmed by literal miracles that were done. So they had to come up with a reaction in order to say that, like, well, that miracle is a false miracle. It, it was a reaction to try and come against the Roman Catholic Church. Now, listen, I, there's a lot of things that were, you know, that needed to be reformed in the Roman Catholic Church. We're not going to get into all of that. But that's, that, that right there is the reason why cessationism, that belief that the Holy Spirit is no longer valid for today, that's where that came into the church. Up until then, it was only cults that believed that the Holy Spirit was dwindling, and they believed that they, that as a cult, they were the last people. It's like, we are the chosen ones. Anyway, okay, enough church history. <laughs> okay, so all that to say this, that the Holy Spirit's still moving. Yeah. Amen. 
the presence of the Lord is still as relevant today as it was in Acts 2, as it was in Acts 4, as it was in Acts 8, all of that as it was through church history with verified miracles throughout church history over the last 2,000 years. There, there, God is still moving in mighty ways, and he's still interested to move in mighty ways. He's still, not by our will. Like, you know, some people are like, well, you know, like, well, if you pray and heal people, why, you know, why, don't, why don't you pray and heal yourself, you know? Like, because it's not by my will. Like, would I want to be healed? Yeah, of course I would want to be healed. My knee hurts, you know? Like, you know, but... But it's, it's by walking close with Jesus and being obedient to him, all right? So healing isn't the end all, but being with Jesus is, you know? And even in death, he's going to be there with us, amen? I mean, the Bible's clear, like, unless Jesus returns, we all have that appointed time, yeah? But he's going to be there with us, you know? And sometimes by God's grace, you know, that's, that's elongated and miracles happen and, or some, you know, there's all kinds of things of that, but the Holy Spirit is with us here today. Amen? He's here now. He's here with you. And some of you, you know, were, were filled with the Holy Spirit uh, after you gave your life to Jesus. Some of you were, were probably filled with the Holy Spirit as you gave your life to Jesus. And I don't know about you, you know, so there's that whole argument of like, well, whether, you know, was it sequent, you know, afterwards or at the same time. I must have said, hey, Siri, or something in there. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a topic for another day and another assistant. Okay, thank you, Lord. We're going to keep on going here. That's a rabbit trail. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. <laughs> Back to my notes. <laughs> All right. Totally unscripted. We do not process. This is live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so the Holy Spirit continues to be poured out today. Um, man, and being, being we need to be committed to spending times, spending our moments. Each one of us have moments. We have, you know, we, we talk about we've all been given the same time. I want to tell you, you've been given moments. How are you spending your moments? How are you spending your moments? Because how you spend your moments with, uh, on the Lord will many times be a reflection of how he spends his moments with you, yeah? I and mean, we're not saying that there's a whole work system or anything, but just there's a place of being part, being with the Lord. And, and, you know, because spending our moments, regardless of feeling, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Though we can feel him many times, he is not a feeling, okay? So he's not based on like, oh, I, I, I just don't feel like I'm filled. Well, you, you probably are filled, you just, you know. I don't know, maybe you just didn't have enough caffeine or something, <laughs> you know. Like, so the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. Amen? He is all, he is all that Jesus was, all that Jesus was while on earth. He is, and he apportions that and appropriates what Jesus has accomplished and what Jesus de has done. He is apportioning that and appropriating that to you and me. Amen? All right? So, the Bible talks about being filled instantly with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about being filled sequentially with the, you know, afterwards uh, at salvation. And since the Bible has both examples, we can live with that tension too. Amen? All right? But I don't know about you. I need to be continually filled. 
I need to be continually filled, bubbling up, stirred, stirred to bubbling over. Yeah? I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Charles Finney or somebody said, like, I need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit because I leak. <laughs> and that's, that's human nature. We tend to leak. <laughs> All right? All right? And, and also, the Lord, you know, he pours himself out through us. He pours himself out. So, but we have to have the mentality of saying, okay, God, you're here in this moment. Like, something can happen. If we shut that down, most likely nothing's going to happen because we don't have an expectation. We're not going to move in obedience. We're not going to move in faith. We're not going to stir ourselves up to step outside of our comfort zones. Yeah? So one of the things that one time I, I was preaching in Toronto, I had to step out of my comfort zone because I was, I was talking with a bunch of leaders, and we were doing like a conference on like God ministering supernaturally, and I had to step out of my comfort zone because I was like, well, let's you know, demonstrate that. You know, like, okay. And so in worship, I got this name. I forget what the name was. Maybe it was Paul or something. I, I, I just, I, in, in, on the screen of my imagination, okay, internally, I just saw this name, Paul. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I saw, like, a computer drop-down menu, and there were six of them. And the middle one, one where, somewhere in the middle, said Jacqueline. Hmm. It's like, okay, like. Either I've had too much pizza or this is God you know, trying to do something, right? And then I saw the word written out, orphans. And so I was like, well, hey, this is, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there and, and be the guinea pig for, for us all. I said, is, is anyone know a Paul somehow connected to a Jacqueline, maybe connected to orphans? I don't know. I didn't stand up and be like, thus says the Lord. <clears throat> You know, you, see, that's, that's the problem, is like we, we can get weird when we start acting weird. Let's not act weird, let's just be real. Be like, hey, I just want to throw this out there, it's a risk. And you know, one person in the back of the room raised their hand and said, well, I know a Paul in Kenya, but I, I don't know if he's connected to a Jacqueline or orphans. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I missed it, you know. <laughs> like, that's okay. You know, you're, I mean, it, that's a risk. It takes guts to... Well, the next morning at the church service, this new lady walks into the church, and, and she says, hi, my name is Jackie. And I was like, Jackie? I was like, is your name Jacqueline? Yeah, that's my birth name. Do you know a Paul? I think it was Paul. Correct me. Anyway, it's written in the book that's coming out, so I want to make sure it's right. But uh, I forget if it's Paul, but you get the point, okay? Do you, know, do you know this? Oh, yeah, he's my dad. Wow, okay, cool. Well, and, and, he, and, and this is her, her next words to me. I'm moving back to Toronto to be with my family because our parents have now died and we all feel like orphans. I was like, well, hey, God has got your number. Like, like he, this is why he gave me, like this is, God, God just wants you to know that he sees you. That he recognizes what you're walking in. He recognizes the season you're walking in and, and, and that it's going to be okay and he loves you and, he, and, and, and you're not forgotten. You know, a lot of people just need to know they're not forgotten. Yeah? And so, like, but it takes risk. It took risk on my part to, to say that. And, and, and you know what? God did not give me the benefit of being right in front of the first crowd that I shared that. <laughs> you know, like, I know, you know, I know what happened later, but like, like, everyone else probably like, yeah, he's off, you know? <laughs> like, okay? And, but there's things, that, and, and a lot of times you don't know until you actually try. You don't know until you actually, some people, you know, can, can, will get words of knowledge about, um, like, 
about different ailments. And sometimes it comes as like a pain. Like, man, I'm sitting in church and my, my ankle's hurting. Like, that's weird. You know? Like, I've never had ankle pain before. Well, it could be a word of knowledge. It could just be not, but it could be. So let's start working with what could be and just ask and say, hey, hey, I just, maybe I have a word of knowledge. Does, does anybody here have ankle pain? Can we just pray for you? A lot of times when it is a word of knowledge, instantly that pain will leave when you write it down or when you say it and you're going to take care of it. Okay? Um, there was like a, <clears throat> in just a little bit west of here, I was preaching at a church and, and I just, you know, I was asking, I was, I was like stretching my faith out for like, Lord, I, w- I, want, I want words of knowledge. Like I, I, want, I want to see people, you know, ministered to like this. And this is just really cool, you know. And, and uh, I, you know, I've had different encounters with it already. But like there was, I was just like, okay, Lord, like I'm just going to sit and wait. And I felt this little pressure in my back. And I'm like, is that you, Lord? Like, I'm just going to write it down and ask. And so I, I stand up, and I was, I was preaching. I got to the end. I was like, hey, all right, does anybody hear? And this is, this, this is what I sense, that the cartilage in between the plates and, and the spine was basically like no longer existent. And I don't know what that's called. I don't know what the medical term is. I'm not a doctor. But like, and it, it just was causing a lot of pain. And as I said that, this lady, like three rows back on the right side, like burst into tears. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, just come forward and pray. But she never, she didn't, never came forward. <laughs> Like, okay, if God's doing something, and, you know, like five, six times, I'm starting to sweat bullets, you know. And, and I was like, well, okay, we're just going to pray anyway. We're just going to pray anyway. So I just prayed about it, never even prayed for her. And it took two years. <laughs> it was at Doug's church. It took two years. Doug came back, hey, you know, two, two years later, Doug comes up, hey, you know that lady? <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I never prayed for her, but, like, I saw she was crying. And, yeah, she didn't want to come forward for pray and testify because, like, she wasn't sure because she was scheduled to go in for back surgery that week. And she didn't want to be like, yeah, God has healed me, and then, like, two days later going for back surgery. So she wanted to wait, like, till the doctors checked her out. But he was like, she was totally healed. She didn't need back surgery. Praise God. And so, like, you know, if, if we're just, listen, you can feel like the most unspiritual person. I just want to tell you, as long as you have, have submitted your life to Jesus, okay, you, I don't care if you don't feel very spiritual at all. I want you to start expecting words of knowledge when we get together, all right, and going for it. What happens if you're wrong? <gasps> it's okay. <laughs> we're learning, you know. You know, I, you, you have to learn, like, what you, you learn by trial. You learn by, like, saying, oh, okay, that was just my wishful thinking. Like, that was m- me projecting, like, man, I would love the Lord to heal that person on crutches, you know, as opposed to, like, okay, I, I think I actually have something that's not from my mind. You get the, the difference? Okay. And, you know, we, we walk through that, uh, but I, I want to encourage uh, every person here, this is the importance of keeping the, uh, the screen of your mind pure and holy, okay? Which means you're not watching stuff, you know, like porn and, and, and really harsh uh, violence and graphic stuff, you know, and, and, and um, I'm not out there to put like, oh, don't watch this rated movie or whatever, uh, you know? But, like, you know what affects you. 
you know what affects you, okay? You know what affects you negatively, all right? So, so honor that and keep the screen of your mind clear. Keep it holy because that's what God uses to project ideas, godly ideas onto you. And we can call that the prophetic. We can call that words of knowledge. But that's actually, you know, many times how it works, especially if you, you know, if, if you know, there's all kinds of, you know, seer prophets, all that kind of stuff. We're not going to get into all of that. But, like, that's where you have godly ideas. That's how it comes. And if, and if you've been, you know, into junk, that screen gets defiled, okay? All right, so that's, that's why you want to keep the, your, you know, different people call it the mind's eye or whatever. It's not, we're not talking about eye stuff, but just the screen of your imagination. Got it? All right. So let's start and ask, let's ask the Lord. Let's go, for, man, youth group, you, do, you can do this now. All right? Listen, the, the miracles didn't happen with the apostles because the apostles were so amazing. It was because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's the presence of the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. Amen? It's not that you are so amazing or you're unamazing or, or whatever. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. So as long as we're walking open-heartedly, submitted to the Lord as our Lord, as our King, as our ruler, so like he's the one calling the shots, you can walk like this. Amen? Amen? And I, man, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited, all right, to see stuff happen. Hallelujah. Not just me, but like us. Pretty soon the same things that, that happened in the early church are going to start happening around you. And there's nothing that boosts your faith more than like when something happens. Because like you just took time and, you know, I was with a family member like a week ago and just... Had pain in his foot. I prayed for him, and I, I was I was I was surprised. I'm in full camo, you know, like I was hunting, <laughs> you know. And he was like, "Man, it's, it's gone. It's, the pain's gone." Well, it's not because of me. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We just you know we just get to tag along with whatever He's doing. Amen. All right. And this is what uh, Matthew chapter 10 verses 7 and 9 says in the Passion Translation. It says, and as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must, tell your neighbor, say you must. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. You won't need a lot of money. Things are going to start happening like Peter and Andrew who were destined to run their father's fishing business in competition with James and John. All of a sudden, because they were met Jesus, they met Jesus in a moment, they had this testimony because they were walking to pray at the temple and there was a lame man who, who was begging for alms and Peter said, look at me. And the lame man looked at him and he said, silver and gold have I none, but the thing that I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man got to his feet. He got to his feet and, and the story went out all over and the Sanhedrin, uh, you know, they were preaching in Solomon's portico. And the Sanhedrin, the, 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 the uh, court of that day, the Supreme Court of that day in Jerusalem, hauled them in and said, listen, you're not allowed to do this. And, and they recognized, and this was their testimony about Peter and, J and John. They said, these guys are uneducated. 
They're untrained, but it's obvious that they have been with Jesus. And that's what happens when we take our time just to be with Jesus, to be in his presence, to be with his word, spend time in worship and prayer. Man, Monday nights, you know, the, the, put a plug in there for worship and prayer nights. You know, man, there's just nothing like being in his presence. That's where things come right. Things are pulled right. And even when, when our lives sometimes feel like they're sliding on ice and in a tailspin, and, you know, there's times that you just need to hit the throttle rather than hitting the brake. And God helps you hit the throttle and pulls things right in your life. All right? That we can be like the psalmist in Psalms 84 who says, A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I want to ask you, what is your faith for the moments of God in our life? What is your faith for the moments? Thanks. Ken Ziek says, D.L. Moody said, I leak. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's good. All right. Now, you don't all have to start texting me, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. But, but back to this. What, what is the moment? You know, Hebrews 12.1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope literally means aim. Like the root word of hope means aim. In other words, you, you aim your faith. What are you aiming your faith at? It's, it's, it's uh, specific, like a rifle, not like a shotgun. You know, like, it's a rifle, specific. I want to hit the target. Um, what are you aiming your faith at? Hope is a substance of things. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. So what are we aiming our faith at? And I want to encourage us, man, I want to encourage us that to recognize that the moments that we come together, I mean, Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I know he was talking about church discipline. Actually, he was just talking about the church. It's the first two times that Jesus, the only two times that Jesus actually uses the word church, uh, ecclesia, and and is what he was talking about, his presence being in the midst of two or three people gathering together. So when two or three believers gather together, whether it be in a home group, whether it be on church on Sunday morning, if we take time to just gather together and recognize his presence among us, if we just take time to simply do that, it doesn't matter what your age is, it doesn't matter how awkward it is, because maybe you never did it before, like if you're young, you're like hanging out, you know, at a restaurant, be like, hey, let's just, let's just see if we can get a word. For our waitress. You know, Jesus is here with us because, because he's in our midst. Like, let's, let's get a word to bless our waitress. How mu- how, by the way, how much do you think we should tip her? You know, so she actually believes us. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. You know, like, you know, like, but what, like get, use moment. Recognize the moments, the value of a moment with the Lord. Amen? What I'm aiming my faith for and what I'm expecting to, to see is I, I am expecting and desiring to see the presence of the Holy Spirit manifest in this place in a tangible way. I'm expecting to see the lost brought back to God and saved. I'm expecting to see pain leaving bodies, emotional pain and memories being healed, the power of sicknesses to define a person's life being broken off, headaches being healed, destinies changed, and lives seeking direction finding it. People rising up to the task at hand to pray and bless and minister life to those around them. I want to see lives set free from pornography and from addictions once and for all. Come on. All right? I want to see young men and young women step up and obey the call of God for missions and for ministry, ready to lay down their lives and their reputations for the sake of the gospel. Ha, yeah. 
You're in. You and me. Come on. Let's go. All right. I want to see those giving their lives and their finances for the sake of building communities where every person is valued in the presence of the Lord and brought back to their original identity in God. Amen? We can do it. We can, it and honestly, it's not that far. It's not that. It's, honestly, it's really, we just have to be able to lay down our pride a little bit and say, like, hey, I, I think I have something. I'm not sure. You know, be tentative. And, and, you know, Sean Bowles calls it his risk. A lot of times, like, God will give him a risk. Like, I want to do this, and, you know, I, I, I see this, and it's, I don't know, does this mean anything to anybody, you know, and then God will give him more. And sometimes he's like, well, hey, I just want to show you that, like, I'm, you know, when he doesn't make it, I just want to show you I'm fallible. I miss it, too. Yeah? All right? It's one of the best ways to prove authenticity is when someone's willing to be fallible publicly because they would never, like, humiliate themselves. If someone's, anyway. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right. So do not let any condemnation, any condemnation or guilt or shame rest upon you or anyone else for what you do not yet see happening in your life. Let me say that again. Do not let shame, guilt, or condemnation rest upon you or upon anybody else for what you do not yet see happening in your life. So no one should sit here and be like, oh, man, I don't, I don't have those experiences, you know. Like, no, you're going to. Come, let's go. Let's just work with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's okay. If you fumble forward, that's all right. You, you were going forward, all right. We're celebrating progress. All right. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? So I want to encourage, um, I want to encourage the prophetic in our house here. And when I say the prophetic, I, I don't mean like, I don't mean, um, I, don't, I don't mean like words that are saying like, well, last week I was thinking about this. That's not the prophetic, okay? That's encouragement and that's okay. But when we say like we want to encourage the prophetic, like in worship, if you get some, if you get a scripture or if you get a, a, like an, a, a, an image or a word at that time, tell your neighbor, say, at that time, all right? That's what we want to start to see and to share because that helps to, to know, like, hey, what, God, what does God want to do in this meeting, all right? Don't just leave it up to, like, the moderator or to, like, the person preaching, amen, all right? But, let's, but then also be willing to, to say, well, to, to hear, I'm not sure if that's going to fit here in this, in this moment, all right? Is that good? All right, so we're, we're willing to, to give deference to leadership in that time to say, to let them plug that in wherever they feel like it's going to work best. Is that okay? All right? Okay? Hallelujah. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, we're going to pray for people to be healed here in, in a second, and you're all going to pray, okay? Uh, so, but, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that happened, it was just up at the fireplace, I don't know, a little while ago, probably a couple years ago. One of the things that happened is I quickly just wrote down, like I, I sat before the meeting, was like, okay, Lord, I just want to, you know, give me some, give me some instances of things you want to touch, you know, in, in, in uh, people's bodies here today. And we ran, it was like now, you know, there was not a lot of time at the end of the service, so like we didn't have time to do an altar call. Um, and so I just read through the list. I was like, Lord, we're just, okay, we're just going to pray for this. If this is you, take it, you know. And one of the things I prayed about was ear pain 
And I found out the next week later, Ron Meyer came to me and said, hey, somebody was sitting in that meeting that had had like chronic ear pain for years, and they had been through doctor and doctor, and, and, uh, and there was, you know, they were on medication, all that stuff. So when you prayed that out, boom, it instantly left. That pain instantly left. In uh, another instance in Cape Town, same thing. I, I was like, I felt pressure in my ear. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't have pressure in my ear when I walked in. So maybe, it's, you know, maybe God wants to touch someone. Maybe it's a word of, of knowledge you know, about somebody's ear. So I just called it out, and, and a girl came forward with cotton in her ear. And so we prayed for her. And um, she said, my ear is pooling. And I'm thinking, like, pooling? Like, your ear is pooling. She said, yeah, it's pooling, it's pooling. I'm like, okay. I didn't understand. I was like, what do you, what do you mean it's pooling? And here she meant it's leaking. Like, like the liquid in her ear, God touched her ear. She, the pain instantly went away, and like the infection was running out of her ear. Amen? All right? And there's, anyway, so there's, you know, let's, let's take steps of faith. So let's pray. Let's pray. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so if, if, uh, if you, as, as we're going to pray, if you um, just sense anything, if you sense like, hey, maybe this is a word of knowledge, pressure, uh, or uh, just be willing to like write it down and, and then come up and we'll just call it out and pray for it. Is that okay? All right. And then we'll, we'll but uh, so Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence here. We thank you that you love every person in this room and nobody is here by accident. And we honor your presence here with us. It's, it's not about us and our giftings. It's about, it's about you and your presence. So Holy Spirit, show us what you would like to do here this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, so if, if, if anyone has pain or pressure anywhere, uh, just it would be too awkward to call it out from where you are. Sorry? Knee? Okay, so you would like prayer for your knee? That's good. We'll pray for your knee. That's good. Um, there was, good? Yeah. There, uh, if anybody has pain in the neck, there, so these were some words of knowledge. Uh, um, this isn't a person. <laughs> you know, a pain in the neck is not a person. Got it? Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, but if anyone has pain in their neck, uh, Pastor Allen had that. Uh, pain in your foot. Pain in your elbow, right elbow, or one of your feet. Um, all right, just lift your hand. Pain in your neck, all right. Nerve damage in your back. We'll pray for that. All right, just keep your hands up. Yeah? Okay, so everybody who is around them, just go ahead and lay hands on them if that's okay, if you're okay with that. Just, yeah, so keep your hand up until at least three people are praying for you. Okay, so let's let's... Yeah, there's a hand back there. Some people just need to turn around and look. All right, let's pray for each other. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your hand up until there's at least two or three people praying for you. Got one, one in the sound booth. Someone want to go and pray for somebody in, in the sound booth? Thank you, Father. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, sorry, Dan, when you said that was a pain in your neck, was that a word of knowledge or you have neck pain? Oh, you have, okay, all right. Does anybody else have like a word of knowledge? Like I didn't have pain before or I didn't have pressure before, but I think maybe it is something. 
Okay, I want to encourage you to like to just try it sometime, okay? All right, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here in Jesus. And we speak to these different ailments. We speak to the pain in the necks, the backs, in the knees, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you come and you touch foot pain, elbow pain, uh, neck pain, Father, in Jesus' name. Right now, we speak health and healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we do not settle for anything less than what you have for us this morning as your children and as your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and touch uh, these different ligaments, different muscles, different cells in the body. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your presence here and your love for every person here. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Every spirit of infirmity right now command you to leave in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, out. Pain, go, in the name of Jesus Christ. Pain, go, in Jesus' name. So I just want to encourage uh, every person who's getting prayed for, just begin to test it. Like, try and do something you couldn't do before, all right, to move in such a way that you couldn't move before. In Jesus' name. A lot of times what begins to happen is like, man, it's, it's a little bit better. It's like 50% better. And... You know, or somebody gets healed instantly, right away. That's good. Um, all right, so anybody feel any relief of pain? Anyone healed instantly first? Yeah? Pain gone? Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. All right, anybody receive a lessening of pain? Yeah? All right, great. Awesome. Let's pray again. Let's pray again. Sometimes that's how, you know, it works. Jesus prayed twice for the blind man, all right? So, I, hey, we'll pray. Amen. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Father, right now we speak to this pain, and we command it to go in Jesus' name. Father, thank you, Lord, for pain in the back to leave yes, in Lord. Jesus' name. Pain in the necks to go in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for freedom, free range of motion in yes, Jesus' name yes, over every ligament, muscle, and every body part right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for freedom and for victory in our bodies. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so those of you, just check yourself again. Uh, you know, if there's a lessening of pain or if, if there's no pain whatsoever, just wave your hand. I want to see that. Okay. Yeah? Okay, awesome. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, good stuff. So I want to encourage us to, like, let's go, let's go for working with the Holy Spirit in our midst. And, and honestly, the, the more we aim our faith for those types of things, I know it's, it seems weird. I, you know, if, if you're not used to this, forgive me, but, like, it, it seems weird. But, listen, we, I, I've seen it before. Uh, we can get to the place where, like, Every Sunday, three Sundays out of the month, three or four Sundays out of the month, people are just getting healed at the altar, at prayer. Just, and, and, you know, without, without, you know, trying to elevate, you know, our experience in Cape Town or anything like that, but that, that was what we saw. That was what we saw. I mean, we didn't even report about people getting healed because it was just like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, and, cert and honestly, like certain things, like back pain, like it was almost 100%. You know, like so... 
like there was just like different things that we saw on a regular basis. And it's not because of like one person. It's not, it's just because like when we value the moments that we gather together, hey, you know, he is here. Jesus is here. So Lord Jesus, we just give you honor. We honor you in our midst. We thank you that you love every person here. We thank you that you love us. You love this community. You love this church. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can see more. We thank you for uh, the prophetic and for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that, that have been flowing uh, in wonderful ways already in our body. And we just ask for more. We ask for more. And Father, most of all, we ask, God, that you would receive glory and honor. That you would receive glory and honor. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you that we can value our moments with you. And thank you, Father, we can value you in each other. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen. 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 Amen.